0: And welcome back to Horror Queers. Oh wait, what the hell is this? Trace, what are we doing
1: right now? (laughs) You know, it's kind of a first for us here. Well, not really a first. I think we've kind of done this before when we did our interview with Eric Carmelo. But um, Mm. yeah, everyone, this is um, a snippet of yesterday's episode on Stage Fright with our guest Rachel Nesbitt. And we wound up cutting this out of the episode because it was kind of a... Too much of a tangent for us, you might say. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It ended up being right in the middle of
0: the episode, but then we realized after the conversation had ended, we thought it was really interesting and it might be kind of insightful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it kind of started with uh, Rachel asking us about how people react to our reads of films, especially through a queer lens, because she obviously, if you listened to yesterday's episode talks about giallo films and sometimes through a feminist perspective and so we kind of started talking about that and then well went on (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah we had a fantastic conversation so we wanted to share it with you folks yes so uh just enjoy this very brief minisode on uh i don't know a little peek behind the curtain on what it's like to be a critic
0: movies are not made in a vacuum it's not like people just go away and they say like oh i'm making my art and i have no idea what's happening in the real world i have no idea what my colleagues are doing i have no idea what the state of the industry is like people know those things and oftentimes it comes into their art it's why we can have richer conversations about like what's going on thematically and contextually and so on and unfortunately especially with foreign films uh north americans we just don't Either have the context or all of the details, so that we can make as rich a dialogue about them.
2: Yeah, yeah, but then even you're know, like me, like obviously I'm Scottish, but like there's things you know I do a lot of research and I really try and understand you know like the cultural kind of what was happening at the time, and it's good because then you can make all these connections. But you're never going to have the same kind of hmm. knowledge that someone in Italy would because there's just references that you wouldn't get unless, and it's not even just being Italian; it's like you know being alive at the time. And right. that's why I always think it's funny when you get horror fans that are really like, like I get like abuse now and again for being, you know, a, a woman and whatever and talking what I talk about. But a lot of the time that people get, people that give you this abuse, they're American or English, mm-hmm. and they don't they weren't alive at the time either. Mm-mm. So I'm like, I'm not saying I'm like a fully, you know, fledged expert or whatever, but you're not exactly in a position to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about either. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. But it's funny that you say that, Rachel, because when we were doing research for like uh, Flesh for Frankenstein, like that's an all female commentary on the film. And you could tell that there was, I don't want to say a level of defensiveness in their responses, but they were clearly used to a bunch of stupid men telling them that they didn't know anything about the period. And it's like, you listen to the commentary and it's fucking rich and very well researched and everything and i mean we all know it's not easy to be a woman in horror on the best of days but <laughs> it is funny how often people want to tell you oh you don't really know what you're talking about and you're like mm, do you really want to go there with me
2: i know but it's, it's like and i, I don't complain about it that much because in fairness i don't i don't get half as much as like cat and other people like that probably because i'm more irrelevant or something i don't know but um <laughs> Aww. It's just like, I just think like, oh, why? If you don't got anything better to do, I just find it really weird. It's a strange one that people get so defensive. The one Hammer Horror fans are mental
1: like oh, the ones
2: where it's like I would not even like I would I don't think I've even mentioned a hammer horror film on twitter and like fear of that's so when they all come out the woodwork and that's so interesting <laughs>
1: because I feel like I mean like I, I'm not very well versed in hammer horror I've seen no. you know like a, a selection of films but I feel like I don't know that many hammer horror nuts but I'm wondering if that's just because it's over here instead of mm-hmm. over over in Europe yeah I imagine. would
0: imagine so I think the people who like them like them a lot but yeah like I think it is a quintessentially like British, European thing. And also, it's a bit more like time specific, right? Like Hammer was huge at a particular moment. And even though they're still around and still making movies, and I think about to launch a comeback, I think for certain people, they're just like, oh, they're not really culturally relevant anymore.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people grew up with them, you know, like when they were we, they were... Watching them late at night on tv or they went to the cinema to see them and they hold that kind of special sentimental place in the heart so maybe as well because like you know when you think about the british film industry and british horror like naturally you're always going to think of hammer horror mm-hmm. so maybe there's just that kind of defensiveness and I, I get that sometimes i'm like saying oh this person's really annoying or oh, they're slagging me off or slagging someone else off but i do get that thing of like people films are so important to people that they just yes. and it, it's such a part of people's identities as well that when you're kind of someone else is coming in and they feel like they're not part of their tribe or mm. they didn't they weren't around at the time or this, that, or the other, they kind of feel like, Why are you taking my thing? And why are you making a name for yourself? Like and, you know, all those things. So I feel a wee bit sorry for them most of the time I'm like, oh fuck off. <laughs> 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 but do you mm. forget that? Like is doing what you do and like like your like your perspective on horror. Do you find people are funny about that?
0: Um I find that we we often get it when we talk about a text that is very significant to people. And the other polarizing piece, unfortunately, is when we talk about race or trans rights. Yeah. So well, people... I mean, I will speak for myself as a Canadian. It's not as big of a deal in Canada. But I think that those are two continually hot-button issues in the States. And people feel protective is not the right word because that's not what they're interested in no, it's like but, they but, don't want to be reminded of these issues
1: yeah i right. mean again like uh whenever we do it was weird though because i feel like we had a obviously our listeners are always fine like our listeners are never yes. ever ever bad like this but mm-hmm. you know we post stuff on bloody disgusting which is filled with people that are also not listeners we had an okay response to our sleepaway camp episode but the silence of the lambs one that oh one. yeah yeah uh, and it's because like we put transphobia, the transphobic legacy of the film in the headline. And again, if you listen to the episode, it's nuanced. Like we're talking, we're not saying oh the film is intentionally transphobic, but we're saying mm-hmm. it has started a wave of transphobia. And of course, people are commenting on it like oh my god, like fuck all you guys, blah, blah blah blah. Like it's not like this. It's like nope If you listen to the episode, <laughs> you <laughs> will know. hear how we dissect this. <laughs>
2: I know well this is the thing though and it's like it's good that you're talking about it and like if people actually took the time to listen to it they would understand like you're coming from it from a kind of you know you're discussing it and looking at why you think this and that and you're not being probably like really judgmental either. But mm-hmm. Yeah like, we're not that, being
1: like fucks onto the lambs it's transphobic. Yeah not exactly. What, we didn't spend two hours doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know like taking it like obviously we are probably gonna put this in but i was just thinking you know a blade in the dark which michaely Sylvie plays you know a, a trans killer in it and it feels like a film that i just never want to like even touch because i'm like oh it's, it's not my place to talk about that and also i know there's been people that have said it's like really transphobic and i'm like oh i just i feel like not comfortable like talking about it and it's a shame because i know like people need to have these discussions but it is, mm-hmm. it's a tricky one isn't it
0: yeah we we've kind of made it a mission to say we will never not talk about something with mm-hmm. one exception because we have a policy about jeepers creepers but that's different oh, of that's course, something. Yeah. but yeah we we had to get over the idea that we weren't equipped to have certain conversations but we've always been more candid about saying We're going to miss things and we're not speaking for the people like if we're not a member of that community, but then we also try to go overboard on those episodes to try to find representative critics or different types of voices like we really try to go hard on our research, because I think at the end of the day, like there's a bunch of people who are just going to watch a movie or a TV show and say, Okay, well, I don't have all of the context, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to have opinions or they're not going to have thoughts. But it's right. important yeah. to acknowledge you're probably still missing shit because you don't have the full picture.
1: Well, it's, 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 this is what someone told me, and I always go by this, you know, it's like, I, I if, if it's transmedia or if it's people of color, you know, it's like, I, I can have an opinion. It's just not mm-hmm. necessarily an informed opinion because I don't right. have that life experience. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's good. No, it's interesting to hear your thoughts on it. Sorry, I'm just taking the conversation somewhere like complete, um, somewhere else somewhere else while well, i'm talking to you here it's just uh oh, no. it's good to get like yeah because i always talk to other critics and stuff about i'm like how do you navigate stuff because i had to do a visual essay on a film that had these like mondo elements which is you know like kind of like italian filmmakers othering kind of countries you know like certain countries oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. africa and all of that and mm-hmm. i it was something i just had to spend so much time and really think about and of course you're it's different because as a white person i can't really yep. it's not the same but you just try and, mm-hmm. if your perspective on, I guess the historical perspective more than anything of why these films are made.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. also just never a thing where I'm like, like I, I I'm speaking solely like let's say for gay men, like I would never tell a non queer person, no, you can't discuss this film, you can't do an episode in this film. Now, granted, mm-hmm. if I'm seeking out let's say podcast you know, episodes on a queer film, am I probably going to look for queer people that are talking about it? Yes, but I'm not going to say like if you're not queer, like you're not allowed to to do that, you know, like I just, I, I don't see the benefit of that.
0: I find that what I'll do is I'll, I'll keep an ear out or I'll, I'll look to see like, are they fact checking things? Are they seeking to have a more informed opinion by like, consulting other people and so on. The times that I get mad, and yes, I'm going to say it's almost always white men who just say, oh, well, I have a, a platform and a microphone. So I'm entitled and capable of speaking about this. And they have done absolutely no work to try to like, keep their opinion informed and i find that really discouraging because i think it promotes zero dialogue it's just like uninformed opinion but they don't even
1: contextualize it as such i mean i feel like that about mm-hmm. anything though i mean look i, I was talking to Joe about this earlier this week like it's not even just with like you know social issues or you know like queer people of yeah. color or whatever it's just anything like if you're mm-hmm. going to be talking or writing about something in depth yes then do the work and present it as such <laughs> no i know
2: i'm totally the same and it's like why i have kind of my niche area and stuff and then i see other people and they just kind of do what everything you know like they do everything and then they don't but they don't do the research so it just comes across mm-hmm. as like they're yeah you say they're just so like ill-informed about it and you're like why do i want to hear the opinion of someone that doesn't yeah. know what they're talking about It's like i don't know it's like almost like a you think like they have such an ego on them that anyone just wants to listen to their thoughts on yeah. something that's like, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, whatever comes to mind. Like it's nice doing this podcast because you've obviously done your research and it's fine. If you don't know everything about the Italian film industry or that, like we're all learning about everything all the time, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know, the lack of like, I think it's just the lack of effort.
1: It, 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 oh, comes I across, like, it, it comes across as almost like a lack of respect almost too, where I'm just yeah. like, come on y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It definitely makes me appreciate the colleagues who are taking the time to put in that work and to think more critically, like, okay, I'm going to have listeners, I'm going to have readers, what kind of expectations are they having of me as a person who is writing about this with a platform with an audience and so on, like, I think of it as as critics we owe it to the people who are going to look at our work to do the best possible work we can do
2: yeah exactly and it's like that's kind of why i became like started writing about film because i was so sick of like like i don't consider myself like writing from a feminist perspective or anything i just talk about films because i'm interested in them and like the history and whatever it's not like i'm coming from it from that though it does Come into my work obviously, but mm-hmm. I started writing because I felt like there were so many like reviews and pieces where they were just so horrible about women, mm-hmm,
1: and I yeah. just thought, mm-hmm. like,
2: that's not like you're talking about a film, like, it's not you know, I just then found it weird that like film commentary was so. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: I, I'm not saying there's not a sexual component, like, that's the thing, like, and obviously, you're going to talk about the sexual component, but it's just the way that they were going into it. I thought like it's not really like appropriate or like respectful, and it's just yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, look, I mean, I mean, I, I, I always reference that Rex Reed review where he was talking about that Melissa McCarthy movie Identity Thief, and he says like, you know, oh Melissa McCarthy is standing over here like a like a like a dumpster, <laughs> like a big oh, trash truck, and commenting on her way, and I was like, you're a critic, why are you, yeah. Why are you writing this in a review that is... What is it? The New York Post, the New York Times? Like, it isn't a reputable mm-hmm. outlet. <laughs> and this was not pulled from their site with their paper.
2: <laughs> I know, but no. that's, the, that's the thing, though. It's, like, unbelievably, like, okay, I understand, like, sometimes people's, like, image will come up or, like, things about, like, you know, how titillating a sex scene is or whatever. And that's fine. But it's, like, there's been people that I've listened to and they've been, like, going oh, well, our, our body's all right for the age she is and stuff. And it's like, oh, what are you uh, talking about?
1: <laughs> that's even like we when we get into plastic surgery, too, because we mm. always comment on women's plastic surgery, but never men's. Yes. Well, except for Zac Efroni. <laughs> never men's plastic <laughs> surgery. You
2: never had any. It's all just yeah, an illusion. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's bizarre
0: what people feel like they're allowed to say about other people that they've never met simply because they are on television or on film and you're like those are still real people like if you want to talk about a character then that is different but even then like you have to be careful about saying like is the film saying that is the director saying that is the screenwriter or are you actually talking about the actor because like those are all Mm -hmm. very different conversations and some of those we should probably not be having on like a very large platform
2: totally it's uh it's good that like people like yourselves are aware of it it's just a shame that not everyone like takes a minute and you know like, it depends on your intention as well like sometimes we all make mistakes and whatever but if you're trying to be conscientious and right in a certain way then hopefully that comes across that you're not meaning things with malice but a lot of it's i think it's how people just want like a cheap laugh don't they mm-hmm. so they'll say certain things and they're just like oh i don't really care yeah Sorry, I was just taking that. I went to like cutting all of that out, but I was just interested. No, I mean, I I
1: I, I don't know how much of this I'm going to keep in the actual episode, but this is a really good conversation, though. I mean, like, I love talking about this shit.
2: Well, (laughs) if I I don't expect to be in the the podcast, but just it's like nice (laughs) that that opened up, and it may be a bit (laughs) heavy, and I was like, say some of that. No, (laughs) no,
1: no. I mean, again, like this is refreshing, and like this is like because again, so much of us are online and on Twitter that we don't get to have these conversations in person very often. I'm sorry, you know, via microphone (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) well
0: i think that that honestly was a really fascinating conversation i'm so glad that we were able to have it because i think that these are the kinds of things that maybe everyday folks aren't thinking about but i know as a critic i'm certainly very mindful of it as we make a show or as we write our reviews and so on
2: yeah and it's important to have those conversations like you say on here rather than on twitter because there's just no nuance there and then they never they never happen and it's a shame because people have valid things to say and it just doesn't always come across through that medium yeah it's good that we had this chat
1: Yeah. yeah i'm really grateful for that